0: Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective.
1: I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular, everyday perspective.
0: We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma.
1: We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast.
0: Hi there. Welcome back. Good to be with all of you. Yes. Before we dive in, we want to tell you about our free course, The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a course you can download immediately and we'll give you some foundational guidance on how to navigate broken trust, how to rebuild broken trust. And you can learn from all the different experiences that I've had working with couples over the past 25 years, how to navigate these early days and weeks, months of recovery. And if you put your email address in, on the link, in the show notes down there, we'll send it to you immediately. It's been super helpful to lots of couples. So you can download that today.
1: All right, so today we are going to answer a specific question
0: yeah, from one of our listeners
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this is a really i think it's really well worded actually yeah, she's really thought through this quite a bit, and we felt like it was an important one to share with with all of you and it's actually a question i've I've run into over the years, mm-hmm. but I think this is a great time to to sit down and talk through it so let's let's dive into the question here, and this woman is writing from She's writing from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. And so she writes, Much Christian literature on the subject of marriage, fidelity, and lust portrays men as having an inevitable, lifelong, harrowing battle with lust. It is virtually impossible for him to go through the day without being repeatedly sexually triggered by the women all around him. If this is true, it is impossible as a woman to feel safe and cherished by a man. His quote unquote, natural sexual impulses constantly pull him toward infidelity and his natural sexual desires are never solely for you as his wife. Mm -hmm. Is this portrayal of the male struggle with lust accurate? And if it is, how can a wife possibly reconcile herself to it? My personal reaction to this is to feel that if this is true, I want nothing to do with sex.
1: Yeah. Excellent question.
0: Yeah. And I mean, right out out the gate, I mean, Jody. She's got a point, right? If that is true.
1: Yeah. If that's true, for sure. Right. Yeah. Me too.
0: You couldn't I reconcile want. it. Yeah.
1: Nope. No. And right. I don't want to have to pretend to have that responsibility for somebody else's, like to be jumping through hoops so that that doesn't happen or like yeah. the, like the, the amount of pressure in, in my mind that that puts on a wife mm-hmm. is impossible.
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and I I just appreciate her writing this question, and I you know my heart goes out to her for mm-hmm. I don't know you know what specific situations in her life have led her to this question, but clearly there's been some painful ones. Yeah, I mean I think that's easy to to see just listening to this, whether it's happened to her directly or she's just observing maybe a a dynamic that happens or what she's heard or read. Mm. It's painful, mm-hmm. but we're gonna approach this today. At least I'd like to. I think. We can talk about that.
1: Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> that
0: this isn't that that what she's worried about isn't true. It doesn't have to be true.
1: It does not have to be true. Like an individual male might live, live that. Mm-hmm. that as if that is true, right? But that is a choice,
0: right? Which would really, you know, in essence, if if any of us give in to just what comes naturally for us, mm-hmm. then we're really no different than any animal. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just do it. Feels. Good. Just, yeah, just go. I mean, you look at animals and they just act on instinct and impulse and they're wiring. We don't, you know, we don't fault them for it. Right. We're just like, okay, go do your thing, do your animal thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, but we expect more out of humans. Mm-hmm. We should expect more out of ourselves and other mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah, but so, I mean,
0: culturally, there's enough, messages. Sometimes in these
1: areas, we kind of like, I you know, know, there's like a little bit of a, A good old boy attitude undercurrent here, like, ah, boys will be boys. Yeah.
0: I was talking recently with uh, some folks who they never came from any sort of a religious background. Hmm. They weren't raised around it, didn't attend church growing up, you know, so they didn't have sort of this Christian framework around you know, rising above and trying to be godly or things like that. They just it, it was very much just and so it it never even occurred in this case, to the to the guy, it never occurred to him that he shouldn't look at pornography or just basically act like an animal. Like to him, it was just what guys did. Like in his mm-hmm. in his world, without any sort of invitation to step up to a higher plane, he just thought. And in fact, he was almost incredulous to a degree when his wife was upset about it. It was just kind of like,
1: this is how men like are. what? Men. Why are
0: you so surprised? Or what? You know, why are you why are you so hurt by this? Like it was they had never talked about it. Okay, you know, and so it's just one of those things where. I think that when you're just sort of left your own devices, I think it's just kind of like, well, we'll just kind of do what feels natural. But I think that, you know, it's sort of like decency. I think that, you know, for healthy societies to flourish, it involves a certain level of self-restraint. It involves a level of holding back, of not acting on every impulse. Sure. Right?
1: Sure. But I mean, her question really is, is that all this is about? Is men just needing to develop the restraint so that they're not acting on every impulse? If is that the thing, or because if it is, that changes everything for her? So what, I feel like that's oh go yeah
0: go ahead. I think yeah I think what yeah I th- I, you, I agree with you. There, her question really is sort of like is the natural impulse about wanting something other than her all the time at like a very basic kind of animal level? Yeah, and so she's wondering. If that's what's driving him all the time, and I'm like the expression of that because I'm like the only authorized mm. sexual outlet for him, mm-hmm. I don't want to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. If that's what's coming at me in the bedroom, yeah, it's sort of like this energy that's, you know, this animal energy that's just being channeled toward me. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is that like sort of left to itself, I think it would be that. Okay. I think that's what my example with this person, like there was no check and balance. There was no guiding, steering, whatever. And so it was just left to sort of run its course. And I think any appetite left unchecked will devolve into that. I think that, that it will it will go there. I think it has the potential to go there. I think our sexual energy is, is God-given. I don't think at its core it's evil or wrong or has, has a dark or, or evil origin at all. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a powerful thing. I think it's a life force. It's energizing. It's important. Not only for like the, the express purpose of like building families, but I think it creates, you know, vitality and energy and drive. And I don't think that, I mean, the whole idea that it's driven by an animal instinct or whatever, I think that maybe part of this is that because men in particular have higher testosterone than women, mm-hmm. I just Googled it 20 times more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from what Google told me, I could be wrong. I mean, as a man, I understand this and all the other men I've talked to and worked with, like generally, like you do feel like you're being carried or pushed physiologically that like, you know, as a teenage boy, it's just like, man, this is bigger than me. This is stronger than, I think you could look at that and say like, well, is that just coming from a really kind of animalistic sort of like selfish, lustful place, or is it about learning how to work with this really big power that you've been given? that's part of your healthy maturation and part of you being a healthy man and learning how to channel it, steer it, direct it toward a healthy place. I mean, that's how I've chosen to look at it. Mm. That's been my journey. But I think if somebody doesn't check it and they just sort of, then you see kind of what you see, you know, in movies. And I mean, I look at, I won't name names or whatever, but there's just, there's a lot of people that it's like, you look at them and they're like, you're kind of like a dog. Like you're just mm. gross. Like it's just such a, To me, it's such an insulting, degrading way of like treating their own body and talking about this. That's really not that much different than how an animal would. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pause. What are you thinking?
1: (laughs) So I'm actually surprised at the turn this conversation was, was taking. So I half expected us to just start talking about how healthy attachment keeps, like it shifts even men's bodies with more testosterone, not that it shifts them into women, but it, it shifts in that when they have a healthy attachment, primary attachment with a woman, that the pull of the other kind of stuff, the the lust, as she puts it, isn't it's not like a lifelong harrowing battle. Yeah. That when the right kinds of things are in place, there's a whole lot more going on there than just sexual acting out totally. and or resisting sexually acting yes. out. Like that's a whole different yes. place to be. Right. So let's talk a little bit yeah. more about that. Right. Because I think what she's asking is, is there any hope here?
0: Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you introduced that element to it. Because okay. I, I wanna I do wanna get there as well. Is there anything that I shared that you disagree with or that you feel like is off topic? No. Okay. No, not really. You just want to bring in this attachment piece, as
1: well. Yeah, because I feel like the undercurrent of her question is: Hmm. Is this how it is? Be straight with me. Yeah, I want to know because I want to respond to it in the best way I can with understanding it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is. I mean, we're talking about possibilities. Sure, but
0: before we jump into that, I just want to add. I just want want to want to add piece for for her. You know, if you're listening. Or for anyone obviously listening to this, I think if you're having this experience, I think it's important to trust your own gut around this. If you're the wife, if you're asking those questions. Yeah. You know, whether you've had experiences outside your marriage around men or sexuality and lust and things like that, and you're just like, you know, what is normal? What is safe? What is healthy? What am I? But especially if you feel like those signals are coming from your own spouse Mm. or your partner, I think that that's important to slow that conversation way down.
1: For sure.
0: And, Honor yourself and be able to say something doesn't feel right about this.
1: Yeah, she can't buy into this. This
0: does not feel like love. It feels like lust. Something doesn't feel right because I I feel like if if there was a, a healthy expression, and I mean maybe that you know she's dealing with a husband that has had a a problem with lust, with mm-hmm. you know sexual secret behavior or mm-hmm. secret sexual behaviors, or you know just, that that part or, of him has been revealed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the core, I agree with you. Going back to your point that. In a healthy attachment relationship, that gets directed. It becomes something the couple shares. It's not like him just over there trying to manage this uncontrollable energy. Yeah. And then he just gets to, like, you know, express that finally with her in the bed. It's just that's, that is no model for healthy partnership mm-hmm. or sexual intimacy. And it's not attractive.
1: <laughs> no, it's very objectifying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that sexual energy, the vitality, I love the way John Eldridge talks about it, and Jay Stringer. I'm going to share a, a thought from Jay Stringer that I I think um, I, re- I read recently. John Eldridge talks about it like he uses it the the metaphor of a of a stallion. You know, he says if you basically if you castrate a stallion, it doesn't act like it's not powerful anymore.
1: Oh, that that's like the source of yeah, it's
0: tame. The, the, it's like it's just you know okay, and he even talks about like a scalpel. Like he says, a scalpel is sharp and it can kill, but can also give life. So you want to keep the scalpel sharp. You want, so men like disowning their sexual energy, but understanding where it comes from, that it's not just some animal instinct they need to act on or be entitled to have, Mm -hmm. but it's a force, it's a vitality, it's a power that they can use to draw them close to their wife and their family. And Jay Stringer's point, which I love so much, is even expanding our understanding about like what sexuality even is. Mm-hmm. That sometimes we can become so narrow about it that we think mm-hmm. about it's only about lust or body parts or mm-hmm. you know intercourse or these these really kind of narrow expressions of it. And so Jay Stringer said recently, there is no moment that we are not sexual. When a widow cries at the funeral of her late husband, we are seeing her sexuality be expressed. Her tears honor the serving, the severing of the intimacy they shared. Mm-hmm. When our bodies run or hike through a beautiful trail, We feel alive, meaning we have reconnected our body to the world around us. Our sexual self is so much more substantial than bodily pleasure. To be sure, eroticism and genital pleasure are some of the best experiences of sex. But remember that anything that brings connection, integration, embodiment, and soul cultivation are also central to developing our sexual self too. The best sex doesn't just happen in the body. It is multidimensional when body, soul, and mind converge. Our sexuality is inviting us to be more deeply connected to ourselves and the world around us.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. She's worried about lust. She's worried about that being the force that's being brought into her marriage. Yeah. I think if she's detecting that, that deserves a conversation, Mm -hmm. specifically for him to look at that.
1: Sure. And I mean, she might be asking you because she might be surrounded by-
0: Messages, yeah. Yeah.
1: Other messages from other- Men and women in her life telling her that this is just how it is.
0: I think like any appetite it can get I think that that can be mutated into something really unhealthy, like lust mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't think that the pure expression of it, like the energy, whatever, is lustful. Mm. I don't believe that no I think that that is a variant of it. I think that that is a a place it can go if if left uneducated, unschooled, unchecked yeah. I think there has to be a nurturing and an understanding of how bodies work. And I would want all of our sons in this case, all of our, you know, just the the men, the sons, the brothers, the, the men in our lives that we love and nurture and mentor, we not to be afraid of their sexuality, to not be ashamed of it, to not feel like they're just animals that have to be tamed. Yeah. But instead to understand that this is a powerful force that can give them Everything Jay Stringer just talked about, full mind, body, soul connection. And like that's a powerful energy to bring into a marriage and a family. Yeah. And if you only see it as like, well, it's just one little slice of life that's reserved for the bedroom, then it's going to feel so disconnected and severed from everything else. Yeah, it can turn into what she's talking about. And I think in a way, lust is that energy that's disconnected from all the other stuff.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So I feel it's like so it, narrow it is, and I think that lust is very, very narrow. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's about taking something from someone. Where I believe sex is generative, right? I think sex and is, is about connecting, building, giving. Mm-hmm. It's growing, creating. Where lust, I think, is just taking and it's diminishing, narrowing. Yeah, they're very different forces. Maybe coming from the same,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, maybe biology, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've answered her question? Yeah, I think Do You have more so. you want to say? No. I,
1: no. I mean, no, I'm talking I think so.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about this from my own experience as a man and as a clinician, but you're sitting here as a woman reading this question from a woman. Is there anything else that you want to add to her or to our listeners that might help?
1: No, I think it is absolutely possible for a woman to feel safe and cherished by a man and not like an object for his lust. Absolutely possible. Every woman does not need to just live in fear or resignation that hopefully today, you know, all the the pull to his natural desires won't be away from her. Right. That does not have to be her reality.
0: Right. Right. And I think a couple can learn how to talk about this in a really healthy way mm-hmm. for her to be able to have a voice and express what doesn't yeah, feel right about right. it.
1: Right, it should be a shared Whether experience. that's a
0: relational thing between them or whether that's something from her own story, mm-hmm. wherever these messages are coming from, yeah, to understand them and to address them. Yeah. And for him, likewise, to push against any sort of male entitlement or cultural beliefs or yeah. animal instincts that just would- Dimi- Diminish so de- that beautiful
1: potential. Yeah. Exactly,
0: yeah. To not live beneath what I think is the privilege of every couple. yeah. I'm so grateful she sent this question. Yeah. We actually have we actually have a couple a couple more questions from her. Yeah. That we'll address in a different episode. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. She she sent in some other questions and I think some of them overlap with each other, but it's really sacred ground here. She's letting us see her heart and mm-hmm. some things that are very very vulnerable mm-hmm. and hopefully we in talking about these here that she's been able to get some help and support and ideas. Yeah. All right. Deep breath. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: (laughs) Thank you for being here with us again.
0: Yep. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time.